Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Five and add another one to it. Shaq Barrett. Boy, a good start off the edge. Barrett, he gets a sack. Toss to Godwin. He's got the first down, and this game's over. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady are going to Super Bowl 55. Go, Pat, go! They should have uh, let Jordan Love play like a Taysom Hill. Okay. That, they, that that what makes me mad that they draft them in the in the NFL draft and they don't even use them this year. Go, Pat, go! I don't mean to judge, but oh. uh, that guy may have had one extra Corona Hard Seltzer that he shouldn't have. Yeah, maybe after one or two. Uh, you know, I like to rock the blackberry lime after Vikings wins, but I can tell you, I was crushing some traditional green lime Corona Hard Seltzers yesterday, <laughs> watching that uh, Packers debacle. It was uh, well worth it. And, you know, sometimes you can go with the mango or even the cherry, but when you watch the Green Bay Packers lose in that fashion, you need the traditional Corona hard seltzer lime flavor. Highly recommend it because it's, the only, it's uh, the only hard seltzer made with those Pure Beach vibes. Corona hard seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona hard seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona hard seltzer spike sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. Man, you held him to 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? There's a lot of unknowns going into this offseason now. And they're just, I'm going to have to take some time away for sure and, and clear my head and just kind of see what's going on with everything. But it's, uh, it's pretty tough right now, especially thinking about the guys that may or may not be here next year. There's always change. That's the only constant in this business. It's really tough to get to this point. Really, really tough. Mm. Boy. Some gray in that beard. Boy, a little There's more some gray. A little more than there was on Friday, for sure. For old Aaron Rodgers. This is Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff is producing two disclaimers off the top of today's show. Number one, as always, our mission statement on Purple Daily is for the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we all die. And so we always have to put that out just so you know 
if we tend to get a little critical, it's because we view the Vikings through the lens of good isn't good enough anymore. Great is what we think uh, this team needs to look to achieve. But the second disclaimer for today's show is that for any Packer fans who have wandered into this safe space for Vikings fans, A, we know that the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl. We're fully aware of that. So <laughs> so take your, well, the Vikings have never won. We know. We're like Eminem at the end of 8 Mile right now. We know everything you have to say about us. And so let's put that aside. Uh, because despite the fact that the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl, it's still hilarious that the Packers kicked a field goal with 2.05 left in the game, expecting to get the ball back from the greatest clutch-performing quarterback in American history, Tom Brady. So I just those disclaimers to start the show here as we wander into uh, Packer vent line and things the Vikings can learn from Championship Weekend. Before we get to those things the Vikings can learn, you guys want to start out with some Packer vent line here? Of course. Absolutely. All right. Courtesy of our friends on the fan in Milwaukee, these are sad Packer fans. Go, Pack, go! This is what you need to get to the Super Bowl. You don't do that. Jordan Love ain't never going to play. But look where we at. And now I'm sitting here hollering at you guys. But I can't holler at Gruden too. That's all I have to say. Thank y'all for taking my call. But you're going to kick a stupid field goal at the end of the game? Who are y'all talking about? And then this regular season nonsense, just like the Bucks. I don't care about the Packers winning during the regular season. All our team is at this point to me is just a paper team during the season. It's garbage. The floor got exposed. Rodgers got exposed. Rodgers cannot win the big damn game. He's a bust. He's a bust. He's a bust. I think what he meant to say is, go, Pat, go. He's going to get a bust in Canton. And he accidentally <laughs> yeah. said he's a bust. It, it just seemed like the refs dictated it. And I, I, I oh. feel, I've been feeling this way for 20 years. And I think the refs. They can pick and choose. When they want to take over a game, they can do it so easily. And that's exactly what that was. You know, when you have a, a three-second delay on the flag, it's just too, there's too much fishy to it, fishiness to it. I think that, you know, if, if it was legit, Rodgers gets a chance to win that I love, game. I love, how, I love how that guy watched that game and was like, boy, that, that, last, that last flag was awfully fishy because it came in late, ignoring every replay that showed, like, Six feet of T-shirt being dragged out from behind Tyler Johnson. <laughs> the only bizarre pads. thing was was that they didn't throw more flags yeah. during the course of the entire game, which I did not get. I I think that the league told those crews don't throw flags. Just let these guys battle Just let it them out play. and throw Just let, But but that being said, the Packers did not lose that game because of the officials in any way, shape, or, or form. And there's a lot of Vikings fans who will tell you that the Packers have won games because of the officials. Well, I, I mean, they clearly lost the game because they didn't know how to use all their chess pieces. Instead of uh, let Jordan Love play like a Taysom Hill. Mm. Okay. <laughs> that, they, that, that makes me mad that they draft them in the in the NFL draft, and they don't even use them this year. <laughs> go, Pat, go! That's the best. That's right. How great, how great would it have been if instead of kicking the field goal on fourth down from the eight, if LaFleur had some weird trick play and he pulled, oh, be great. And he pulled Rodgers out of the game and put Jordan Love in? You Aaron, know what? Aaron, it, we love you, but it, it's Taysom Hill time. It would have been a better decision than kicking a field goal in that spot. So <laughs> I would have I would have actually uh, been more happy on behalf of the Packer fans. But 
Um, what we've been doing throughout the playoffs, and let's continue it here, is is looking at things the Vikings can learn from Championship Weekend, and so I'd like to lead off, if you will, because like we, there's a great Aaron Rodgers soundbite here that accompanies this first one, but we'll just go around the room as as long as we feel like we need to, mm-hmm. and we'll pluck things that we think the Vikings, if they were taking notes during Championship Weekend, that they could learn. And the first one, right off the bat, I think after watching this this game and this debacle. And after watching this soundbite that Declan's about to play, I think it's Aaron Rodgers' destiny to finish what Brett Favre started in Minnesota. Aaron, did you agree with the decision to kick it there on fourth down? I didn't have a decision on that one. Um, Yeah, that wasn't my decision, but... Understand the thinking above two minutes with uh, all of our timeouts, but yeah, that wasn't my decision. There's a lot of unknowns going into this off season now, and they just I'm gonna have to take some time away for sure and and clear my head and just kind of see what's going on with everything. But it's uh, it's pretty tough right now. Especially thinking about the guys that may or may not be here next year. There's always change. That's the only constant in this business. It's really tough to get to this point. Really, really tough. If you're the Vikings and you're taking notes and you are a franchise that for a long time has loved to pluck the veteran, the Brett Favre, the Cunningham, the Jeff George, the Donovan McNabb, um, even like disgruntled Kirk Cousins as a free agent, right? They just love to bring on other teams' quarterbacks in, into a safe space. Can't find their own, yeah. I think you need to take note of the way Aaron Rodgers clearly feels. It, it, he looks like he feels betrayed. He looks like he feels let down. It looks like sort of the weight of 13 years and only one Super Bowl appearance and all the things that they've sort of miscalculated around him. It really is one of the biggest wastes of a 13-year run. I mean, Dan Marino is up there, too, obviously. But you imagine being Aaron Rodgers, and you watch that franchise draft Jordan Love in the first round last year, a backup running back in the second round, kick a field goal with the Super Bowl on the line in the last two minutes of that game yesterday, and botch the end of the first half situation defensively. I mean, it's just like it's either intentional or passive disrespect all around. And uh, if he wins the MVP award, I saw this stat this morning, if he wins the MVP award, the only two quarterbacks with three MVPs who haven't won multiple Super Bowls, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. And it just kind of feels like there might be an opportunity for Aaron to come put a purple jersey on at some point. Just put it in your notes, Vikings, and save it for Oh, later. I think there definitely is. And the, the thing, too, is that I think the difference is the Packers don't seem, seem to appreciate the fact that for Rodgers, the clock is ticking. It's sort of like they're like, yeah, we're back in the championship game, right? Okay, let's try and win. And I think his point is, no, you we and and I do believe that he felt and rightfully so betrayed in the first round of the draft when they took his replacement instead of a wide receiver in a first round that was rich with them, including Justin Jefferson, who yes, it would have been a big trade, but guess what? You've got Justin Jefferson, right? So I feel like the draft signified a betrayal. But then, you know what? LaFleur and Goody and the Packers and Rodgers went to counseling, right? They went to counseling. And they had good counseling. It was a good counselor. 
And they were all like, you know, you know what? Yeah, you know, LaFleur and Goody cheated on me, but I can get past that. And the season started, and oh my God, the sparks are still there. The spark, they're sleeping in the same bed again. This is fantastic. Oh my God. And then yesterday, yesterday, the old flame showed up, and the boys were like, oh, we really did like her too, Aaron. We really liked her. And now the betrayal has put us back to point one. This, uh, was this me in November and December? Or is this the Green Bay Packers for, for the last? Uh, I'm just, year? no, no, because this was a longer relationship, Dex. Got it. This was a long term and there was cheating Jeez. and there was, and now know. there's mistrust. But then it was all sort of, it wasn't gone, but smoothed over, yeah, right? 13 and three. Smoothed yeah, over. And it's fine. like, yeah, we Good. beat the Vikings bad enough for. We didn't need another pass rusher in the yeah. first round. We were, it's, it's and Jordan like, Love around. And, and he, he's like, you know what? I'm going to forget that. I'm going to forget that happened. And then at the moment of truth, the Packers were like, yeah, but oh boy, she's back. And he's like, what? Yeah. It, it, like he, he clearly had to swallow and bury feelings throughout the 100%. offseason. And he, and he was the mature man and he was a high road guy. And it they just did it for the like kids. all they did it for those the kids. feelings clearly rushed back. And listen, the, the Vikings have been this wonderful. Like perpetually single George Clooney figure and say, listen, honey, Derek Jeter, right? Like, well, he's married now, but like, listen, we're not, we're not marriage material over here, but we will happily be your rebound. I love it. And we will happily take you off on a three month vacation to the Bahamas. Will Aaron take the rose? That's the only question. Will Aaron accept the rose? The Vikings rose. It's purple. All right. Well, what else? Let's go around the room here. What else can the Vikings have picked up notes wise from watching those two games? Um, this, this to to me, if there's a defining just general storyline from the two games that we saw in the conference championship uh, games on Sunday, <laughs> I'm going to read you guys a stat, and then we can all react because it's going to be fun. All running backs combined in the two games, so four teams. Combined to have 66 carries for 229 yards. Wait, in the say that again. In in the two games, all running backs combined 66 carries. Wow, 229 yards. The leading rusher among them all, Leonard Fournette, who by the way was picked up off the scrap heap by Tampa after Jacksonville let him go. 55 rushing yards on 12 carries. So, so but, you're saying 16 carries a game on average for the running backs. And I'm also saying both January outdoor games, okay? Wow. So there's no this is the this is the definition of you have to establish the run. You have to. Look at the weather. You've got to run the football. <laughs> football. Sorry. Think about that. Yeah, that's bonkers. So, sixteen carries a game uh, in an established the run situation. Now, of course, the counter argument there is: all right, well, I see what you're getting at, Judd. What you're saying is the Vikings need to be less obsessed with establishing the run, but it's a little easier to move off of that stance when your quarterbacks are Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Josh Allen. And I think there's probably some people that listen and watch this show think that Kirk Cousins belongs in like the next sentence, and I don't personally. Well, then, yeah. But if you but if you want Kirk Cousins to belong in that sentence, you got to do more to throw the ball down the field and be aggressive. And and but so that wow that stands out in cold weather. Yep. Outdoor situations. Yep. Sixteen carries per team on average running back. Wow. Dex. Uh, it would be for Mike Zimmer to watch what the hell happened with the Green Bay Packers on 
first on fourth and goal, and please don't kick a field goal. I know how much Jim wants to kick a field goal in that situation, but go for it. Have the cojones, have the fortitude, be aggressive. Dude, so, I actually think Zimmer goes for it in that spot. You do? Yeah, I don't think he kicks a field goal in that spot. I mean, I know that he's a trust your defense guy, but like, I think he's more of let's tie the game and then trust the defense to make a stop and get point. the ball back. It's a good point. Oh. I would like Mike Zimmer, though, in overall to be more aggressive. So if he can see what happened there at the end of the Packers game where you are just, you're, you're right there. It's a one possession game. I know you have to get the two point conversion, which they almost pulled off in the last, in, in the last series. I think, I feel like the Packers completely forgot about the fact that their wide receiver dropped a gimme two point conversion. Like you could have gotten that easily too. So I would want Mike Zimmer to look at that and hopefully have the aggressiveness to go for it. Bill brings up a good point, but I, I, I'm not 100% sold he would. So speaking of aggressive, though, like where I agree with you is look at the two teams that are now in the Super Bowl. You could argue that we're looking at the two most offensively aggressive and play-calling aggressive coaches in the NFL. Andy Reid, I mean, Bill Belichick's aggressive. I mean, Andy Reid is like, I got a backup quarterback in and the game's on the line and I'm going to have him throw bombs into the end zone and pass on fourth down. He's, I mean, he's the most aggressive offensive play caller. And then Bruce Arians has been aggressive in terms of deep pass plays. Look how many times Tom Brady put 50-50 balls up in the air. Yeah. So, so we might be looking at the two most aggressive play calling coaches and gambling coaches in the NFL. And does it work all the time? Just some, Sometimes do you get burned and, and lose a big game because of it? Yes. I mean, it's, you know, I you know, used to play poker, but like you... You're not going to win a poker tournament or you're not going to win a big hand in a cash game if you don't also get aggressive and put a bunch of chips in. And these guys are, are willing to do that. And Matt Fleur went the conservative route and said, well, let's get the points and let's try to get the ball back. And Sean McDermott kicked about 19 field goals yesterday <laughs> in a in a track meet to 140 points. Right. And he's kicking field goals. So I, I agree with your word aggressive in this spot for sure, Dex. And and also. Good or bad, if if you don't have a quarterback that you trust, you have problems. So, so like if you say, "Oh, Kirk, Kirk's good, but I don't totally trust him," that's a problem. Like you can't get past that. Yeah, you know something else too in terms of like you know non mobile quarterbacks, as we talk about all the time on this show, and I've got a note on that in just a second. Um, actually, you know what? Let me let me segue with my with my thing they should learn because I think it goes under this umbrella more. The Chiefs' offensive line going into the Super Bowl, because they had a couple guys get injured, but this is what their offensive line is going into the Super Bowl. Their left tackle is Mike Remmers, who's a former Viking, who's never played a snap at left tackle, but they're they're just like, oh, we'll figure it out. Actually, I'm sorry, uh, he hasn't played a left tackle snap since 2016. So it's been almost five years. Their left guard was a seventh-round pick. Their starting center was a seventh-round pick. Their starting right guard was cut by Pittsburgh in November, so literally just a guy they picked up. And their starting right tackle is an undrafted free agent guard. So they there, there are no first round picks. There no, there are no blue chip guys. There's not like a fourth overall, uh, you know, stud. There's not a Bradbury first round. These are all scrap heap guys that are starting for them in the Super Bowl, and they're going to make it work. I think in part because of great coaching and development. The Chiefs are just very clearly with Andy Reid and the coaching staff and Eric Bieniemy are just great at maximizing the talent of Mahomes and skill position players and their offensive line. Um, and then and then the other thing that I would bring up here is that quarterbacks also can elevate offensive lines. And you saw it in two ways yesterday with a statue quarterback in Tom Brady and then with a more mobile quarterback, either either Josh Allen or 
or Pat Mahomes. Obviously, if you have a, a mobile quarterback that can just avoid pressure, like a Josh Allen, like a Mahomes, it makes your offensive line look better. Oh, this guy snuck through. Yeah, I'm Mahomes gonna, doesn't care. I'm going to scoot to my right <laughs> yeah. or just like you know go out the back door and loop around this way and keep a play alive. With turf toe. With turf toe, correct. <laughs> With turf toe, he's playing like that. And so don't underestimate a quarterback's ability to elevate an offensive line or make it look better by just like moving away from pressure. Mm-hmm. Harder when you have a non-mobile quarterback. But Tom Brady, who's a 43-year-old statue, like the slowest guy in the NFL. And there was a couple plays yesterday, if you watch, where pressure comes. He's not going to be able to just like sprint to his left like a Pat Mahomes. But he just takes that one step, whether it's to the left or the right, or he steps up one step and buys himself the extra second to complete a pass down the field. Um, and those are things that Kirk Cousins just isn't really naturally great at. He's he's not the guy that's going to elevate and make the offensive line look better on a regular basis, like statuesque Tom Brady, who can just move that one step, or like the other mobile quarterbacks we saw. So if they're taking notes... Um, I, w- I would make note that it is okay to develop seventh rounders into starters that can help you get to a Super Bowl. Not every offensive lineman you bring in has to be a bust like we've seen for the Vikings. And it's okay for a quarterback to elevate the offensive line and bail them out once in a while, too. Your guys' thoughts? It's all wrong. You're all wrong. It's just fine. <laughs> I, I don't understand. what. Yeah, in fact, I saw, I think that... I, we we all got a tweet at some point in time after the Buccaneers won about, you know, well, I guess Brady is a mobile quarterback now, too. But what you said is the point. He is he has the ability to feel that pressure and he can scoot. And that's mm-hmm. all you have to do is shuffle. Um, Cousins does not have that. And th- it's not even a rip. He just doesn't like he's not going to get it. He do- doesn't have that chip in his brain. So what Brady has and look, it's a gift is the ability to at least Sense pressure, and what else does he do? If all hope is lost, he eats the football. Like there's, he doesn't like carry it low, and then oh my god, it's stripped again. At least I don't think he does too much. So yeah, it, it's. But I will go back to if you are really invested in Kirk, and like if Kirk is your guy, and and you are all in on, on Kirk, I think what we are seeing then is a class in this. You have to be invested and give him this chance. Like you have to say, go be the, this guy. And if you tell me, well, he can't, then I say you got a problem. So if if you say, but it has to be Dalvin, 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 then I said, then you don't trust Kirk. And in today's game, if you don't trust your quarterback almost completely, you're in trouble. You're in big trouble. Yeah. And you know, and, and Josh Allen isn't on the level of the other three quarterbacks that played this weekend. He's one of the top ten guys now, but he's not on that level. Sure. But they trust him with their play calling, yep. with their system. They ride or die with Josh Allen. And and that's how they've become so good this year. That they they've just bought all into him. He's not on training wheels, right? Uh-huh. And it's like the Vikings have a $30 million quarterback that they don't trust, and he's on training wheels. And so you either need to get a cheaper guy that you don't trust so you can build the rest of your roster, or start trusting him and give him more resources and a better left guard, et cetera, and see what he can do, right? We're back to Judd here. A very controversial take about to be set forth. Very controversial. Wow. A power take coming up here. The Vikings learned that they have a decision to make, and I mean today, right now. With this team going to the Super Bowl, I am almost 100% convinced that Eric Bieniemy will not get the Houston job and therefore will remain on the market as a head coach candidate. Now, I do not believe that the Wilfs will do this, but I think they have the decision to make. 
The track record so far uh, since the season came to an end in hiring minority coaches has been awful. It is a complete joke. Mm-hmm. It makes you actually sick. Like, I mean, all of the lip service that we heard post-George Floyd, right, about what was going to change, and nothing's changed. If you're the Vikings, you have a chance to dip into the secret sauce in Kansas City right now and call Eric Bieniemy and say, Zim's aging. And you know what? We got to pay him off. But you deserve a chance. You know a lot of secrets that we would love to have. And as far as the trajectory of this franchise, your brain works far more how this league is situated than Mike's does. Do you want our head coaching job? And I know it would be a major deal. And I know that there would be some fans upset. But if you think of all of the ingredients of where this league is at right now and the fact that that there is a fighting chance that if Houston goes white guy, there will have been no black coaches hired, okay? It's going to be really hard to say if the Vikings did what I'm suggesting. That's a huge mistake. Are you saying do it now? I'm saying do it right now. I'm saying you can, if, I'm if, saying do it. I'm I'm saying if Houston if you think Houston is not going to hire this guy that he is that he he's got to get a chance here. Like he deserves it. He knows how Kansas City operates. And I've always thought this whole whole thing of well, the Super Bowl is too deep into to you know if your team goes to the Super Bowl, it's too that's a bunch of nonsense. I'm saying the hot take is you have an opportunity right now to pursue him for 2021. It would cost you a lot as far as Mike goes, but you would have a man in the door who potentially is going to be or should be a hot candidate before next year if he is not hired at this point and he has the secrets that you want. A few things off this because I, I like where you're going here. The By the way, the hot take police have chosen to yeah. let this one slide. I was I, I, I saw them. The but, hot take police are, they've got other I, I more waved. important pressing I things. Waved, I waved to them actually <laughs> as they drove by. Yeah. So a, f- a few things off of this, all right? You you use the phrase secret sauce, and the the one thing I would be careful about, whether it's Eric Bieniemy or whether it was Adam Gase when he was an assistant and a coordinator for the Peyton Manning Denver Broncos, is are you hiring someone who was a key ingredient in the secret sauce, or were you hiring someone who stood by while other people cooked? That's a gr- that's a very and, fair and, point, and we know that Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. Probably going to be great independent of Eric Bieniemy. We don't we don't know to what extent Eric Bieniemy was molding the clay, um, and I don't know if we're I, I, you know. I, and I'm sure like people are going to give him credit. I I think point number two. I would rather just if you ask me for the next five years, who would you rather take a shot with, more Mike Zimmer or Eric Bieniemy? Maybe it's maybe it's the grass is greener syndrome, but I would rather take a five year shot in Eric Bieniemy who's also familiar with Minneapolis because he was Adrian Peterson's position coach under Brad Childress for uh, two or three years yep. in the in the 2000s. Yep. So uh, I, I would be interested in, in bringing him in. And my third point is, if Houston doesn't hire him, you sort of have flexibility. Like if you wanted to make a late change now, I think that's unlikely. But he's also now available for next hiring cycle because Houston's the last opening. And I don't think anyone else is just going to like, I mean, certainly the Super Bowl teams aren't firing anybody now. Now, if Bruce Arians retires or Andy Reid retires, like, what if Andy Reid retires? And that might, yeah. I know, just, so there, so I'm there just is saying that. I learned that there is an opportunity here that would be that would at least privately intrigue me. 
Back to Purple Daily in just a moment here. Federated Insurance has been helping business owners manage risk for a long time. Uh, Not the type of risk when it comes to, like, giving the ball back to the greatest quarterback of all time and expecting to get it back. I mean, that's can't really protect against uh, that type of risk. But uh, Federated recently launched MyShield, which for many other types of risks, if you're a business owner, is the online client destination for risk management resources. As a business owner, how helpful would it be for you to have employee training at your fingertips? Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. Think about all the things that involve risk at your company, like company vehicles, or if your employees use ladders or tools or whatever. Uh, MyShield helps with safety training and videos, customizable risk management plans, and many other things. Find out more information at federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Are you guys, uh, Dex, are you in, like, my, five years of Mike Zimmer or five years of Eric Bieniemy? never seen him, seen him as a head coach? At this point, I'll take Bieniemy. And I, I, I love Mike Zimmer, but I, the way this league's trending, I, I can't keep going down the Zimmer path. I got, I, I'm rolling the dice. I'm going to be enemy. Yeah. So we're all kind of in lockstep. All right. Back to Declan. Things that the Vikings can learn. Yeah, I really enjoyed how the Kansas City Chiefs went into this game and knowing that Pat Mahomes was still, you know, had to deal with concussion protocol, but they beat a very good Bills team and they put the ball in the hands of their playmakers. So Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, balling out. And look, I know Pat Mahomes is the greatest quarterback maybe we'll ever see, but they had a great formula, and I thought this game was going to be a really fun, back-and-forth, exciting, throwing haymakers game. No, the Chiefs dominated them basically from start to finish, and they put the ball in the hands of Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. The Vikings have resources, and Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith, and and Adam Thielen, and all these guys to make this happen. Put the ball in your playmaking's, playmakers' hands. Don't rely on defense. Don't rely on establishing the run. Put them in the most dynamic playmakers' hands, and that's what the Chiefs did, and they're going to the Super Bowl again. Yeah. I think I almost feel like the Chiefs go into every game and say, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna run like seventy plays. We got to <laughs> make sure that of they like create a pie chart. All right, we got to make sure that Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are going to touch the ball X amount of times. Period. Whether the, whether the opposing team is trying to take one of those guys out or not, like we're just going to find ways to get them the ball. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings go into each game saying, "All right, we're gonna run seventy plays. Thirty five better be runs, and then we'll figure out the rest." You know, as opposed to, okay, we made fun of the Randy ratio 15 years ago, but Mike Tice was sort of on to something. I don't think he should have told the That's, league. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think you don't reveal that, but it's but the idea privately is not a bad yeah, idea. Let's make sure that Randy Moss, the most uniquely talented offensive player in the NFL, is getting the ball 20 targets a game or whatever. You yep. don't need to tell the league that and broadcast <laughs> it, Mike, but it's, it's the right idea for sure. Uh, all right, let's go back to Judd here. I'm done. You're done. Oh, I can't. I you emptied the bag. Enemy. I that was that was, that was six <laughs> right. things in one. All right, I got one. I got one for you guys. Okay, and we can and we can maybe go more into this uh, tomorrow or on another episode. But I, I sent this out as a question on Twitter yesterday, and I don't think I've posed a question in the last six months that's gotten more traction and debate and discussion. So I it, again, it's merely a question. Okay, what's worse or most disappointing? I guess is another way to phrase this. Patchworking with a revolving door of quarterbacks for 40 years like the Vikings have and never making a Super Bowl or having Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for 30 years and only going to three of them. And I honestly think I learned on behalf of the Vikings as depressing as it is to never have gone to a Super Bowl since like the late 70s. I think it's actually a more shameful accomplishment to only go to three when you have two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time for a three-decade stretch. 
And yes, I know like they've been to three and they've won two over that stretch and the Vikings have none. And I, I totally get that you'd rather have the two Super Bowl titles than the none. And right. I'm just saying right. the hardest thing to like the reason why winning a Super Bowl and going to a Super Bowl is so hard is because it's really hard to find quarterbacks that are good enough to carry you there. Well, they've they've had the hard part accomplished for 30 straight years. And they still like they blow leads. To, they blow an onside kick to the Seahawks. They draft a quarterback in the first round when Aaron Rodgers is still at his peak. Um, I just think it's a if you're the Vikings, you got your own basement to clean up here, and you got to you know you've got your own house to worry about. But I think you can look over and and you've choked into you have title games completely. You have I yeah. I'm not denying those things. You know what? I'm more I'm actually if I was a Packer fan, I'm more offended by the Rodgers part of this equation than the Favre part. You know, Brett being Brett, and I mean, he was great and fun to watch, but goofy at times. Um, I almost feel like I didn't come away completely shocked that they only won one championship with Brett. I was a little surprised, but not. But I feel Aaron has been undermined by his bosses way more than Brett was. I feel like they've done more weird things and, and that the urgency that should have existed starting about three or four years back, didn't. So I actually think that your statement, I'd be more inclined to agree definitely on the Rodgers part because, damn it, how does he not have like two Super Bowls? And why And why have they continually made moves both off and on the field to him that don't make a lot of sense? Well, you know, Brett Favre, I think once Mike Holmgren left, you know, Brett Favre was a was an MVP for three consecutive years, and they went to two Super Bowls over that stretch. Yep. And they could never really find the right coach and coordinator combo to work with Favre. And Favre had some off the field issues, you know, that complicated things too. And I think there was also a certain part of him that was just disengaged for a couple of those years too, and was just throwing twenty five interceptions a year. You know, Rodgers has been fully engaged and just at the top of his game. Even his bad years are like top eight quarterback seasons, mm-hmm. and they just keep doing ridiculously stupid things like they held on to Mike McCarthy for too long, even though those guys had no chemistry anymore. Um, So again, like all of this is under the umbrella of the Vikings have not won a Super Bowl ever and we're self-aware and we get that, but boy, it is how many uh, Super Bowls. If, if the Vikings had had Rogers starting in 2008, how many potential Super Bowl titles would they have right now? Well, they would have won it in 09. Because Rodgers doesn't throw that interception. He doesn't throw the interception that Favre throws. I think they win it in 15. That NFC was so weak in 15. Hmm. They win it in 15, and they also win it. They, I think they also win it in 17. Yeah. Or they get beat by the Patriots or something in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But they, they, w- they would have been to at least two or three Super Bowls because they've had really they've you could argue they've had better rosters than the Packers over the not every year but like at times they have in the totality yeah, of sure. 2008 sure. through yes. 20. They've had better rosters, yes, and the Packers have had Aaron Rodgers. Yep. And so if you just take Rodgers and put him on, and I think that's why a lot of Vikings fans, you know, Packer fans don't want to hear it from a franchise and a fan base that have never won one, but it's like the the overwhelming emotion is, my God, you've wasted this thing that we have crawled across broken glass every year dying You've got to have. the cyborg, damn it. <laughs> why did you get the cyborg? If you just just give us one decade of that type of a quarterback and see what we can put together over here. Yeah, I they, think they, that's they what they passed him up in the draft, film. 2005. God. Two chances to pick him, they, they passed those up, okay. Yeah. I'm not even going to entertain <laughs> that, that with no, you. That's ridiculous. <laughs> if we're going to... 
We're going to play more Packer Vent Line here to end this show. Go, Pat, go! This is probably the most in 50, 60 years of Washington Packers. This is the most hurtful, disappointing that I even remember, even the uh, third and 26 or whatever that was a few years ago. And now you have the MVP, the greatest quarterback in the history of this sport that we love, and you don't let him go for it on fourth down to win the game. I, I'm just in shock. Some of my friends told me he said he might not be back next year after the game. He said his future, is that right? So we might not have him back next year? Go, Pat, go! <laughs> the tears of Packer fans. Get, a, get us get us through this week. He thought here. he wasn't oh, going to cry until the end. My, my friends told me that. Is, uh, is that true? Yeah. yeah. That dude was definitely crying. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily, where many tears have been shed as well in Vikings history. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow for another episode of How to Fix the Vikings as we look to clean up our own house here on behalf of the Purple. See you guys.